Welcome to Talkward. I'm Marty Dundix, editor in chief of Weekly Humorous Magazine, and this is Talkward, uh, a fun little, uh, a fun little show where um, professionally funny people come to tell uh, cringeworthy uh, stories. My guest today is Tom McCaffrey. Tom is a comedian and writer in New York City. Um, he ha- has been doing stand-up comedy all over New York and all over the country for a, a long time, right, Tom? Uh, yeah, a couple weeks. <laughs> so well, welcome <laughs> yeah, to Talkward. About 18 years. Thanks for coming. Uh, thanks for coming in today. 18 years, Tom. That's a long time. Yeah. Can I plug my stuff? Oh, we're going to talk nothing about n- nothing about your stuff. No, okay. nothing else but your stuff. You just did um, the Guaranteed Delivery uh, comedy show that Weekly Humorous does once a month um, down at uh, Wall Street. And uh, that was fun. That was on Wednesday. That was. In addition, you've been doing stand-up comedy, I mean, for 18 years. Yeah, yeah. You have some, a, some years more than others. You have a popular podcast called Last Exit to Brooklyn. That's true, yeah. And um, how long have you been doing that for? Uh, I think four years now, maybe five. How many episodes is is five years of shows? Jeez, I have no idea. We, I, you know, we were doing it weekly for a while when I first started, like the first couple of years, and then I, I had a year where I was very sporadic with it, and I wasn't keeping it up weekly, and then um, I was doing it maybe monthly, and then now the last two years it's pretty much back to weekly. So I mean, every now and then we will take a week off. Do you have a co-host? Yes, uh, the comedian Eric Bronstein. Okay, uh, he usually hosts it with me. Sometimes he he's not there, and I'll have some like I'll have a guest. And then uh, comedian Molly Heckerling has been co-hosting a lot lately. Can you have me on as a substitute person at if some? If you point? want to, yeah. Yes, I Would love be... hearing myself speak. Okay, cool. All the time. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you when we were done. <gasps> well, you can ask me now. <laughs> Don't get it's too fine. excited. I'm very flattered. Um, it's not that fun. Where is the show uh, recorded? I do it in my apartment. Is it in front of a live audience at a big, beautiful theater? We do it in front of a dead audience. Okay. Um, <laughs> we do it at the morgue. Just a bunch of, just a bunch of corpses. <laughs> uh, just in my apartment. I live down around Gramercy in Manhattan. So I just Fancy. do it in my room. Wow. I was doing it somewhere else, but then I, I just was like, it's a lot easier. Just to, I have like a pretty big room, and my apartment's, you know, it's pretty nice. And it's it's also very convenient for people to get to. It's kind of like... In the middle of Manhattan, you know what I mean? Yeah, Gramercy is in the, the you, you in the 30s? Or in, you the in the 20s, 20s, yeah. By that fancy secret park that only people with a key can get into? Yeah, I'm like two blocks away from there. Yeah. I'm not like in Gramercy Park, but I'm like right outside that neighborhood. But I've never, you know, I grew up in that neighborhood. I've never been in that park. You grew up in that neighborhood? I did, yeah. I know. Look at me. Quite the... This the is back Man- in the 80s when it was like not as many people lived here. And Quite the Manhattanite. Yeah, it's really funny when people, I tell people I'm from New York, and then it's funny. You're a true New Yorker. Yeah, because I always have that conversation. Like, it's rare. Yeah. Because people will be like, oh, I grew up in New York, and they'll be like, where? And they'll be like, well, you know, like, you know, like Trenton, New Jersey. Right. And Commuters. They'll be, they'll be like, I mean, uh, but I used to go there a lot. NYC area. And then so I'll be like, I'm from New York City, and they'll be like, I can always tell they're a little like, reticent you know they're like where and i'm like well, i mean manhattan you heard of it if you're like a new york kid that means all kinds i mean there's a connotation where it's like oh what private school oh this kid's you know an yeah upper easter or an upper wester or you know and then you think about the all the kid you think uh uh what was the tv show on the on the cw that uh glamorized it, the high school li- was rich- it gossip girl was it gossip girl yeah is that what it is yeah yeah so you live the gossip girl lifestyle pretty much I, that's pretty much based on my life. <laughs> Wasn't that when? When was that out? Like in the thousands? I, I think. What did they? I saw. I I was reading. Um, maybe I was reading the Ronan Farrell New Yorker article. I think about Les Moonves, but he's been doing a lot of reporting. And when they discuss right. things that happened in time now in print, the two thousands are the aughts. Right. Have you noticed that? The I aughts? have, yes. And That's I've never called it that. I always call it the thousands. Yeah, I say the thousands. I don't know what to call it. The now aughts. what is it now? The tens? We're starting over because it's going to be the 20s again soon, right? It's going to be in the 20s. Yeah. The 2020s? It's going to be like the, yeah, the teens. Right now we're in the teens. I mean, are right? people going to call it that? I guess it is called the aughts. It's the aughts. What a horrible. Yeah. But I guess that is what you'd call it, right? I guess, I mean, I didn't know that. I'm not 
smart the o's at the stuff i don't i don't even think it's smart i think it's just who you know it's languagey it's only been eight years since it so i have no idea how they do that kind of stuff but it is funny like saying i'm from manhattan because like it always sounds people like oh we're in new york i'm like manhattan they're like oh like people always have that reaction It, it is funny i remember i i knew a comedian for years and then he was like he found out I was from Manhattan. He was like, you're from Manhattan? I was like, yeah. And I just got for like seven years. He's like, wow, that like really like bumps up my opinion of you. <laughs> and it, I, I guess it it just sounds cool or something. And then it I, does. I mean, being from Brooklyn or Queens, that ain't cool. I mean, obviously Staten Island. But I mean, I live in I live in Park Slope. It's nice. Right. But it's not going to impress the way that saying, oh, well, you know, I live in Manhattan. It's, right. You know. And then, and I then grew you're up on there. like you're on like these dating apps or whatever, and people won't even go out with you unless you're unless you live in Manhattan, or, or the profile will say Manhattan only. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! I thought Brooklyn was like cool now, though. It is. It's cool to a type. Yeah. But I mean, it's also, just as expensive. Or more, I mean, where I am, it's all family, so it's like you know, where I am, it's not popular unless you are already married with a child yeah. and a dog. Where I live, it's all broken families. <laughs> <laughs> it's people who left their families in Brooklyn once they got they start making money. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, yeah, they see their kids on weekends. Yeah, no. Um, I prefer. I lived in Brooklyn for a little bit. I kind of prefer it. Where did you live in Brooklyn? I lived in Park Slope for a little bit, or right outside Park Slope, like, uh, like Windsor Green? Terrace. Windsor Terrace. Okay. And then uh, I lived in Greenpoint, which I liked Greenpoint a lot. Greenpoint's nice. It's nice now because they have this ferry system that connects everything together really easy. Yeah. Before, uh, to get to Greenpoint, like uh, Polly G's Pizza, which is a great pizza place in Greenpoint. I don't know if you've been there, but it's super. Um, but it's it's a pain in the ass to get there uh, on like the G. G that was comes. the thing about it. Yeah, the G was the only... The only good thing about it was um, I was close enough to the L where if... If you were having a problem with the G, you could walk. It was like almost a 15-minute walk from the, the Bedford stop. But so, they're shutting that L down. Are they? Jeez. You heard about that. Obviously. I did, But kinda. you don't care because you're in Manhattan. And that's the thing is when you're like in Manhattan, you're very like... And I do remember growing up and like... And you could walk in. I mean, you can literally, from Gramercy, and nothing's that much of a trek. Unless you're talking like 70s, 90s. But the I West mean, Side. Yeah. Like when I have to go to like a, do a comedy club on the West Side, I'm yeah. like, ugh. Yeah. I'm like, why isn't it here? Everything has to be right there. And I, I think it's like even in my voice, you can tell like yeah, from Manhattan because I'm like snobby. Are. But I'm I'm really not snobby, yeah. but I sound snobby, right? You do sound. I have a weird voice. Yeah. You, you, yeah you're kind of affluent, jerky. <laughs> it, now that I know that you're in Gramercy, right, I'm right. just going to pigeonhole you there. It must have been those those gold, gold-plated toilet bowls in yeah. our apartment that yeah. did it. That's what did it. And those people bringing me everything. Yeah. I feel like I, I don't feel like I was spoiled, but like as I grow up, I'm like, I think I was a little spoiled. Do you have siblings that you grew up with? I have with? two older sisters and mm-hmm. like they like are rich and they just kind of like. Do they live in Manhattan also? One of them does. One of them lives in Texas. Okay. And they just kind of like, when I, when I see them, they're like just giving me money and stuff. That's great. <laughs> I'd like to meet them. They can give me some money. Yeah, yeah. So you're uh, you're the baby of the family, so they take care of you. I'm um, the youngest yeah. of two sisters, also. Are you really? Yeah. Did you do you experience that where they take care of you? I experience where they uh, they th- they think of me as you know someone who needs to be taken care of. <laughs> well, it's so weird because I mean no I, ma- I think they ha- they they they're uh will if i were to say I need help in some way, they are willing to help me. Right. I'm 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 the younger brother. That is isn't the Type A personality, right? Know, making making the. Do making you think that boot, affected your how you deal with women a lot as you've? Um, because I, I think it has with me. I feel like I mean, uh, deal with women or or how I view women. I I I, I both because I, I mean that kind of how you view would kind of would kind of dictate well, how. Well, I you, mean, I think. Um, I po- I mean positively I respect women a, a lot and I I always sort of put them up on a pedestal because women always were you know more in charge uh, oh, really? than me. Okay. Yeah. So I, I I always I kind of think 
if there's something that they're you the wanna... ones always paying for things. That I think that's a weird thing I have <laughs> is I like I have this idea of women like they should be the ones like footing the bill, paying and yeah? stuff. Well. <laughs> I mean, not really, but like I've had experience with women where, like now, especially with my sisters. I mean, I'm I'm kind of kidding. Like I don't go out and expect them to, but I also don't. But you're take hoping. The, I'm not. I'm not hoping, but I I don't take the view of like, hey, I'm supposed to like pay for everything. Hey, don't worry, baby, I got this. You know, and I always had a problem with the whole like ring getting married thing, where yeah. the whole ritual of. I, I have to pay a lot of money for a ring and like here's this really expensive ring please like because yeah. I was always like well what do I get and you know I was talking to a woman they're like well you get the the woman and I'm like but they're getting me too like why is how come I'm not enough am like, I assuming that you're single <laughs> yeah I am single yeah yes. okay <laughs> <laughs> but I mean I've been in relationships good. And I've been, you know, it's not like women won't go out with me. A lot of times it's me who's like freaked out by yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it's commitment. <laughs> Are you single? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not shining a light on 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 you for being single. I'm I'm very single. But that's also because Maybe we we've we've been spoiled by the women in our lives. It's hard to find people who are willing to um, ignore all the huge things wrong with us and still love us. That's the thing. All the things about, wrong with you, yeah, or like, not me, not me. Obviously, nothing's you know, wrong with me. Very wrong, right? Um, but yeah, it's tough to find. I, I think if you have a, a women in your life that love you unconditionally because they've always had to, and you've been used to that, right? So when you go out looking with women, for that now, it's like. Well, everyone else in my family who's a woman thinks I'm wonderful. Right, but right. To uh to a non-family member who hasn't been with you for your entire life. I eh, think it's a problem. Not quite the prize. I think, think it's a are. problem I've had with women in my life where like if a woman isn't into me, I'm like it amazes me. <laughs> 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 like I literally have that attitude. I'm like like I'm like what I don't understand. Like what exactly do you think? Uh, I'm the opposite. I'm kind of like I'm shocked and amazed when they are into me. But I have that too. I it's a weird thing. I have like a weird like I'm very confident, but I'm also really insecure. But yeah. it, I go back and forth. Is that, like, a, is that a comedian thing? I think it is, but I think a lot of comedians aren't that confident, especially when it comes to women. I think a lot of comedians yeah. are very. I feel like a lot women. of comedians are only. They seem to be only confident when they're on stage with a microphone in front of a bunch of strangers. Yeah, yeah. and I have that that's a little where, bit. That's too. where the power comes from. Like the power comes from. From being able to do that, and I think that it's a it's an amazing skill that I think people don't really respect until they get up on stage and they realize that it's really hard. Right, you know? like just just even getting up on stage to introduce you all is scary for me. Right, right. You know? No, I, it, I I I do have that where I I'm confident up there, but I'm also not confident up there. I mean, like it's. You know, every time I go up, I'm very afraid because that's the thing about comedy. You never know how it's going to go. You can yeah. kill for like 20 shows in a row, but, you, you know, every show it's, is, is its own beast. So it's kind of. Isn't that terrifying? Yes. <laughs> but I think you have to be OK with it. Yeah. Like after a while where you have to just when I'm at my best is when I go up, not worrying about yeah it's a very zen kind of thing where you're like well i mean if they don't laugh they don't laugh when i'm at my worst is i'm like i have to kill yeah. you know what i mean because they can like is that, is that when there's a certain amount of pressure because of who is in the audience you know maybe it's a particular type of show where who's you... in the audience what kind, yeah if it's like an important show if it's like a big show like i did a show recently like bill burr and seinfeld were there and i mean that's a show where i wasn't like i don't care how i do right um but it was good because I was able to not freak myself out, and I actually did really well. Um, Where was that? It was at Westside Comedy Club. This oh, nice. was like four months ago. But I mean, that those were like, I mean, I mean, one of them is like arguably the best comedian out there right now. Yeah, and then one of them is just one of the most iconic, not even comedian, but just celebrity yeah. in the world. I mean, I've seen that guy, Seinfeld, I've seen in my house every day for the last 18 years, yeah. you know, so he's my roommate. <laughs> <laughs> That's why people don't mind going to your house to do the podcast. He keeps breaking into my house. <laughs> What's the deal with that? That's funny. But I never thought it, you know, because I meant like, I'm the two times I was the most starstruck were Ted Danson and Seinfeld. Ted Danson? Definitely. Because, and I'm not like a huge Ted Danson guy, but it was when Cheers was so huge. Yeah. 
and I just meeting him and having someone like that's in your on your TV every day for yeah. like years, and they're just in they're looking at you and yeah. saying things to you. You're like, oh my god. So yeah, it's like having a private episode of Cheers in my face. It is kind of is. like Seinfeld was like, "Hi, how are you?" And I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> That's a huge show. To, so they were just in the audience. Well, Bill Burr was booked. So was he? He was the the, the headliner. Yeah, and I I don't know that they advertised it. My friend, actually, my friend Eric Bronstein, I think produced the show. The guy does a podcast with me, and he asked me. And I, this was actually the best thing about it. He asked me at the last minute to do it. Like he asked me like so an hour before. It so you didn't spend right. two weeks, three weeks freaking out. Right. That's and much so, better. And Bill Burr was a headliner, and then Seinfeld like lives around there. Apparently, he just show, he just went to like hang out, yeah. and then he asked if he could go on. Um, and that's awesome. Yeah, but like like that is, and I I was like, oh please don't, because I've I've psyched myself out of yeah. shows so many times. Yeah. I feel like that's the big battle with stand-up is like you you have to go into every set kind of like ah who cares almost like an open mic like ah, who cares right because um, it's the it's weird it's like you have to be loose in the the least loose situation. Do you have like a um, like a relaxation method that you do before a show to kind of like chill out to make sure that you don't. Like yeah, drinking. Is it just drinking? <laughs> no. I feel like I used to do that more. I don't really I don't really I don't like to drink that much before I go on, maybe like yeah. one or two drinks. Um I meditate, but not right before I go on. But sometimes I'll try and do like a breathing exercise, but because now because I mean you've been doing uh stand up for eighteen years. Yeah. Which means you probably started in New York City doing stand up because you lived here. I did. I started here, but I didn't do it here that long, and then I moved to L.A. for a couple of years. Okay, you um, did that pro- for professional reasons. I did it. I mean, I did it because I grew up here and I was very tired of Manhattan, yeah. and uh, I just had always. I don't know. I just kind of did it as like a young thing. How like, was L.A.? Did you like L.A.? I liked an okay at that point, and I basically kind of started doing stand-up there. That's where I got into stand-up. Okay. Like, so you didn't do stand-up as a a prodigy high school stand-up kid, the way that some of these guys are now. No, no. I, I, Because, um, uh, like, Nico White? Uh, I know who that is. Nico yeah. White did the Guaranteed Delivery show a couple of shows ago. He was one of these, like, he's like a, like a stand-up savant almost, where he started, like... When he was zero? Yeah. Did he start you know, in high school? I feel like he was like a high school type stand-up who had already done so much joke crafting. Right. All, so his stage presence is incredible. And he's like 20, 22. Is he really? God. Yeah. He's really, really good. Um, and um, and then uh, dude, I'm thinking Pete, Pete... Pete Davidson. Davidson. Right. From SNL had started very young. And he then, started at like 16 or 17. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, he did the kind of the accelerated comedy program. I mean, that's the way to do it. The thing is, though, like when I was like, I did stand up when I was in college. Where'd you uh, go to college? SMU in Dallas, Texas. My mom was from Dallas, and okay, uh, I mean, it was a weird. You know, they gave me a scholarship. It's quite a difference from Manhattan. It was. I'd gone to Dallas a lot growing up, so I thought I knew it. But then when I was, you know, it's it's different when you visit and then you yeah. move somewhere, and you're like, oh, this is like. And then also, by the time I moved there, I was like. A seventeen-year-old kid from Manhattan who was very who was into rap music and like that's not what that was like there. No, um, this was before everyone liked rap music. <laughs> you um, were ahead of the curve. <laughs> and what a uh, trendsetter you were! Yeah, I kind of was. I, I was white very, kid was, from Manhattan going and, to Texas to be really into rap music. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I didn't go there, but no, I was just very into it. And I, people <laughs> were like, "What is this shit?" And I was like, "Oh, you don't get it." So I took an acting class, and then uh, one of the assignments was to do stand-up. And I'd always, I'd like, I wasn't a huge stand-up fan, but I liked it. I was always funny, young, yeah. and people were like, "You should be a comedian." I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I guess." And I was really into movies, so I was like, "I don't know if I, I was like maybe I'll, I'll be like Bill Murray or something." Yeah. I wasn't really like stand-up. Like I wasn't like, "Oh my god, I love stand." I liked comedy, right? And people who were funny and right. like in movies. So, um. I, I, in the acting class, I did stand up, and my teacher was like, You should do stand up. Like, I'll take you to like open mics in Dallas. And I went to 
I think I think I went to two. One time I didn't get up, and one time I got up, and I I hated it. It was so scary. Yeah. And then I didn't. I think I was twenty, and then I didn't do it again until I was like twenty six, uh, in New York, mm-hmm. and that's when I moved to LA, and I was kind of like, still. I feel like when I started stand up, it wasn't like popular. You know what I mean? Like, no, it wasn't like a big thing. Um, like 1999, 2000, it wasn't like a boom. I felt like it wasn't like a, the reason I finally decided to do it again is because I saw Louis C.K. on Conan. Okay. And he wasn't, I didn't know who he was. I didn't even, I hadn't seen stand up in years. And I was like, oh my God, like this is, this is fucking hilarious. This, I felt like stand up was different. Yeah, well, there was a definite style change, I think, from the from the '80s type stand up to what people were doing more. I mean, Seinfeld got really big for observational stuff, but then what Louis C.K. was doing, where it was more almost like a Larry David, where it was more like not yammering on, but like it was chattering. You it know? wasn't. It wasn't. But um, right. It wasn't, it wasn't polished. Right. It wasn't just like a setup punchline. Setup. Punch it line. sounded like he was just saying it. Yeah. That's what's so brilliant about his comedy. I guess what re- that's what really resonated. Yeah. He, he's he was very like, um, he's so smart, but he says everything so simple and basic, almost like he's not smart. Yeah, like the way he describes things, like yeah. he kind of describes them badly. Right, but that's kind of part of the joke. Yeah. Um, and so I remember that. I remember having that exact moment. I was like, "This is what stand up is." I was like, "Oh, I can do that." Right. Um, and I mean, I couldn't do what he was doing. It's that thing of, oh, that looks really easy. But I then I went to L.A. and I didn't really know anyone. I was doing open mics all the time and people were kind of supportive of me and I yeah. got more into it. So, yeah. So how long did it take you to get from the open mics to the more of the polished stuff where you were doing shows with Seinfeld and Bill Burr there? Um <laughs> Well, this is 18 years of work. Yeah, how did that happen? No, I just, you know, did it a couple of times. Yeah. That's kind of how it feels. Like, oh, yeah. I just did it for a little bit. I mean, so I was doing open mics in LA, and there, when I was there, it was like, this is around 2000, 2001. Um, the, you know, there's not a lot of places to get up out there. And in LA. Yeah. yeah. And so there's so many famous people, it's hard to get stage time, especially if you're nobody. And so. I've noticed that, like, if if you go out, and I usually stay, like, in the Sunset uh, Strip area where uh, the Comedy Store is and the Laugh Factory is. Right. You can, I mean, you go there every night, and there's famous people just, like, hanging out. So I would imagine an up-and-comer, it's tough to get on. In the improvs, like, down the street, like, where do you go? Yeah, there's no, so the open mic circuit was kind of its own circuit Mm -hmm. because, and then that was when the alternative scene was kind of becoming a thing. I mean, it was already a thing, but. Are you an alternative comic? Well, I kind of got dubbed that for a little while. So what happened was I would go to like uh, Largo a lot and I like would watch shows there and that was where the alternative, like Mr. Show had yeah. just been canceled, and I mean, I, I had seen Mister Show, and I was like, "Oh, that's really funny." And then I went there, and like David Cross and Bob Odenkirk were there, and like, I was like, "Oh, I like that show." But then that's when I realized there was like a diehard scene of comedy fans, um, and like Louis C.K. would go on, and and you know, it was very um, unpolished and off the, you know, they would bring their notes up, and I really liked that, and so I felt like that kind of, you know. I incorporated that a little bit into my style. I was more into that kind of presence. Mm-hmm. Um, almost kind of like, oh, I don't even know what I'm saying. And then be like, man, this guy's so funny. He's just, just saying things. Um, so then when I was in LA for a couple of years and then I, I was like, I'm not going to become really good here. So I better go back to New York. That's a better place to, to start. And um, I came here. And the good thing is that no one knew me here. And and I was already pretty good because I'd done it like like two and a half years. And so I, there, I kind of, I did, what happened was I did a contest with Comedy Central and okay. I won the contest. How many, out of how many comics? Well, there were like, you know, you had to submit and then they had a, they had semifinals in, in 10 different cities. And I did the one in New York and I think there were like 10 people on that show. Anybody that kept doing it? On the New York one, yeah, there's a guy named Dave Siegel who was on it. Who? Oh, I like, know Dave. Do you Siegel? know Dave? Yeah. He actually lives right down the street from me. He like writes for some show now. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, 
Well, so then the, the the ten semifinalists who won from the ten different cities went. We all went to L.A. for the final show, and you had like a fist fight. Yeah, of course, <laughs> we had like a cage match. Um, I mean, that probably would have been less. <laughs> that would have been fun. Stressful. Yeah, probably. Um, but in that one, there were like Kyle Kinane was in it, okay. and so I came in. The top four got a TV spot on Comedy Central, and so that was my first TV thing, and like. I had been doing comedy like three and a half years, and that sort of was my. I mean, it, you know, it it kind of put me on the map a little bit, and then yeah. I started getting a lot of things from that. Like Comedy Central was like aware of me. Who else was on that? Um, uh, Chris Fairbanks came in second. Do you know who that is? He's an LA guy. He he's done a lot of stuff, and you know Kyle Kinane is right. I mean, mm-hmm. he's huge. Um, and he didn't even place Kyle Kinane. Uh. And then that's and then Comedy Central after that like called me to do a bunch of stuff. That's nice. Yeah, it was great. It was good. Um, and then I kept doing it, and you know, the problem was like, and I realize this now. I feel like I try to move away from it at times, and I just it's unfortunately it's like an addiction. Like you, I I wish I could. I literally feel like I wish I could stop, but it's like I finally realized I can't stop doing it. And there's especially in New York, there's so many different mics you could do. On like a given night, yeah. If you have like an itch and you're like, I gotta get on stage and and talk to random strangers with a microphone, you can scratch that itch like any night of the week if you really, really want to yeah. go to a place. Some shows will be worse than others, yeah. But um, yeah, th- it's funny. I think in the last two years, I finally had that realization. I was like, well, I guess I just have, you know, like yeah. I'm like I'm just gonna have to keep doing it. Cause like I got, you know, I talked to Jim Gaffigan once, and he said that he was like, comedians, like people don't understand, like they have to do stand up, yeah. Um, so that's why I think it's like I was talking about this like with Louis C.K. I don't know what he must be going insane. Yeah, that's why he keeps showing up at, at shows now. Is he go? Has he done it again? You didn't hear about this? I know he did the first one, but he did it again. I don't know. They, I don't know if he did it. I mean, then. I know that that he did, but I was yeah. like, Jesus, what? You know, they're not really. He's not having an easy time, and I mean, yeah, he. You know, and he was. You know, he's great at it. Yeah, and I'm like, how, what is? You know, it's kind of like. If you're a heroin addict and they're like, no, you can't you right. do heroin and everyone like shames you for doing heroin. I guess that does that. But the world like he needs like a he needs like a methadone to like wean for a little while. Right. Like maybe like a safe a safe space, uh like a closed comedy uh club that's like not a real comedy club, it's like a fake comedy club right. where it's just like people like that a comedy have been sober house. Yes, exactly. Like just like five people he can be funny and Right. Of. He he just needs someone to talk at. Right, you know, just get just get get a bunch of extras, put them in front of him, give him some drinks, and give him like a fake comedy club to act out. He must be stuff. driving his girlfriend crazy, yeah. just like doing bits all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, today I was at the uh, mail, the post office, yeah. and you ever did it? Like, oh god, just get on stage. They could do that with a bunch of people who just are uh, like put Matt Lauer and Charlie Rose and Louis C.K. all into like a like a fake. Maybe that's a reality yeah. show where it's like another reality where they can do their thing, but like off the grid. Right. And and, <laughs> and maybe we can all like we can watch it on, on a closed circuit like TV and we can be judging them. Right. Right. And maybe they can redeem themselves on this television show. And, and, and as we're voting them up or down, they get to leave this con- confined wow. reality big brother type house. Yeah. This is a I feel like you've thought about that. Oh, no, you, but oh, this really? is great. Let's do this. They should do a pur- they should do a purge movie where you like <laughs> just can only kill like me too people. This is great. We need to turn this all into a reality show and that's how these guys can because everyone's like um everyone's like it's the, you know me too soon, right? So now it's this whole thing where people are trying to get back in the limelight. They want their jobs back. And uh, and everyone's like, well, you don't get to have your job back yet because you haven't redeemed yourself yet. Right. And everyone's like, well, how do I redeem myself? And everyone's like, I don't know. Right. Yeah. No one knows. No one knows. No one knows what the answer is. They just know that you wronged me and now you're going to get shamed and now something's going to happen. But we don't know what that thing is. I yet, guess that's right? what prison represents. Yeah, exactly. But with criminals not, like, OK, now. Going, right. But they're not. No, going I know. I know. But they're not. They need that. What's the, they're going to showbiz prison. They need showbiz prison. And what is that? It's like Big Brother. But for them, right. so that's what this is, and we could put Les Moonves in there, very apropos. Right. So it's gonna be, it could be hosted by Julie Chen, which will be awkward at first because it's his <laughs> wife. That's what, that's what we do. Do you think she's gonna like? Sorry to get off that. But, that's fine. This uh, is very. Do you, on so point. who who what has she done? She's on that show, The Talk. Yeah. 
So she's just going to go back on the show and not mention. I don't know. I mean, what do you do? Like, it's oh, hey, so well, what happened last week? We're going to call it the let's not talk about right, it. Right, right. I don't know. Um, so what, do you think she's going to stay with him? I mean, there had to have been red flags, uh, right? Had to have been. I mean, no one. Just... Of course that guy's a dick. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. so obvious to me. Yeah. So I guess these—I guess that's the trade-off. These women marry these powerful, rich guys, but then they just turn out—they're they're just raping everyone. And but you're like, well, I guess I don't know. You know, I mean, it might have been this might have been an occurrence that happened before they got married. I don't know how long they've been married for. I think it the, apparently it did, but still, it's kind of like, hey, honey, like, no, I I raped, I stopped raping people like after we got married. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I gave it up. As long as you stop raping, you know, as long as you raped in the past a little bit. And I mean, the thing with him, I don't know how many women have come out, but it's a lot of women, right? Yeah. I and mean, the, it was the, an alarming amount for the first article that came out. This is this is something I, I, was, um, uh, I was amazed that th- things didn't happen to him right after that article. This article went off. And then, like, you didn't really hear anything. And I was surprised. No, it went away fast. It went away very quickly. Yeah. You know, like... Did did Ronan Farrell write that one or the second one? He wrote both. Oh, he did? Yeah. Okay. So he wrote the first one, and I thought that the the dominoes would fall from that. And then they they didn't. They didn't fall at all. Like, the Charlie Rose thing happened in, like, 45 minutes. This guy, everything happened, right? And then... For Les Moonves, nothing happened. Like, nothing happened. And I read all the article, and it was, it was very compelling, and all the interviews are very detailed, and it seemed, I mean, obviously very legitimate. Were, was it sexual assault, some of them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was Is it because, like, people stuff. didn't really know who he was? I don't know. I mean, people knew who he was. I mean, I knew the name. I didn't really know what he, I mean, I, I kind of knew, but And the I accounts are pretty violent. Well, the uh, second, this second one. You read the second pretty, one. I guess I kind of heard about the first one, and right. I read the second one. I mean, he was like, for, I mean, the second one, he's like forcing them to, I mean, I don't know what happened in the first one. Similar. Similar step happened in the first one. And I mean, I don't know. Once once it gets to a certain amount of women, it's just like, all right, dude, like, Obvious. you yeah. probably did it. Well, he definitely did it. Also, like, like that guy, I don't know. I just don't find it unbelievable that guys like that are like doing stuff like that. You know what I mean? No. These but, powerful yeah. Hollywood players. Like, oh, no, it really? It took a long time for it to come out. Which is, I mean, it's been like for some of these, it's like twenty years. Oh yeah, but it's just been like the, so. Then when like the culmination of something coming out in an article, it's like all these things add, added together. It's like, oh my goodness, this is just this is no, more than I know. this is more than a pattern. It's just like this is just this guy's a this is a yeah yeah this is a bad guy. So do you think like I I think what what must have happened a lot because in that industry it's a very like if you have power and influence you can just kind of do whatever you want so you kind of lose yourself a little bit so yeah i guess they're they're that when you hear like a lot of interviews with famous dudes and stuff and they'll always talk about like the trappings of fame i think they're talking about stuff like that like i think not that they're like hey the trappings are like oh i i have to like stop myself from raping people but i think it's kind of like you really have to like make a conscious effort to like treat people a certain way, even though everyone's like, you can do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Because I feel like right. that's when. Well, I mean, the, the the people that seem to be the victims in all this, it, I think that they tell people, and then just no one does anything about it. Which I I mean you I know? get because there's or kind they of like don't get, they, they, no one believes because it's I think it's kind of like people are like, well, what, what are you gonna do? Like, what can you do? This guy owns the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're just gonna destroy you. And I'm sure that's happened in the past. It seems like that's what he did. He kept these people out of their jobs or ruined their their jobs or got them fired. Yeah, that's, that's the big yeah. thing that yeah. is real. It's all horrible, but I mean, when they would go after them personally and ruin their any chance of a livelihood, yeah. that's yeah. a pretty... And I think that was why a lot of people... The Louis C.K. thing when a lot of people are like, well, whatever, he just like... He asked them... Da-da-da. It's like, well, first of all, I mean, that's pretty bad and uh, like a sex crime but also like when they sort of drove these people out of the business you know yeah. what i mean yeah um uh, that's you know what i mean that's pretty unforgivable you know what i mean because it's a rough business it's, it's a rough hard business. to get a, a yeah. break yeah yeah and then um they have to put up i mean comedy is hard enough to not have to deal with people like that who are making it even harder on right. a whole different level of hard you know like a whole different like awkward strange like, I can't believe I even have to deal with this. Which is, I mean, for uh, just 
two uh, uh, boring white guys, do you even have to like put your head or your mindset into like being a woman who's? Because I mean, you, you being a woman where guys are just like jerking off in front of you, or just like <laughs> not not even that, but just like if someone it, it, just looking at you all the time, right? You know, like it bothers if someone's like looking at you or me. It's just like, well, why are they looking at me? Like, I don't have people just like checking me out, right? Uh, but like, if I was a woman getting like stared at by strangers all the time, I think I would lose it in like a day. Like, why oh, are all yeah, these people looking yeah. at me? Why are you objectifying me like that? I have a funny story. It would know, really strange. Yeah, be strange. What's I, your story? I have a very oh. funny story that's you know um, on topic because you talk about like kind of awkward stories, yeah. right? Yes, please give me a talk. This is a really. Tale. This is a funny story. This is actually. I, I think I've done a storytelling show like twice in my life because I'm not. I'm more into like getting laughs. You know, I get uncomfortable just telling stories in front of an audience. Yeah. Um. So I was at, you know, that Barnes and Noble in Union Square. Yeah, the big one. Yeah, I was on the escalator coming down. I was at the top of the escalator, and there was like a guy at the bottom, like leaning against the escalator, like kind of reading a, a book or a magazine. And he was, and he was really skinny, had like long uh, hair with like weird blonde highlights, like th- like patches of blonde, you know, and, mm-hmm. in his hair that was like brunette. Chunk, chunky. Like done Having in a chunks. weird way. Okay. And, um, and he was wearing this like, he was wearing all white. He was really skinny and he was just like staring at me and I was at the top. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess that guy's like looking at me. And then like I looked away and then I looked again. He just kept staring at me. And I was like, getting closer down the escalator and i was like when i go by this guy i'm just gonna like shoot him a look that's like dude stop like checking me out you know what i mean and th- this is only like 10 seconds of my life that this happened and it bothered you that much that he was looking i mean it didn't really like but i was just like he was he was staring at me like he wouldn't <laughs> stop staring at me and i was like oh my god and um so i get right to the bottom and i'm like right and i turn so my face is right at his face and yeah. i like shoot him this look and i look and it's jared leto <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, like, and I started leaving and I was like, wait a minute, did that really just happen? I got to go back and make sure that, that that that's who that was. And I turn around to go back and he was now in another place looking at me again. <laughs> and did this flatter you? Now that you knew that it was Jared Leto. Yeah, I was saying like. Very attractive man. Well, I was saying. Famous actor. Yeah. Hey, and then a, not a, so bad. a girl blew me off like a month later. Like we're like. <laughs> I had this weird thing where this girl like really blew me off badly and I had her number and I wanted to text her and be like, you know, uh, actually a, a girl had, it, the girl had blown me off like a month before that. And okay. I wanted to text her and be like, Hey, you know, like you blew me off, but like, guess who like was into me? <laughs> <laughs> and I do feel like that was like an impressive, I feel like that's more flattering than like being checked out by like a, most women. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. And then I saw an interview with him like, six months later where he kind of made a comment about being gay. And I don't, I don't, I think he's straight, but I, I think it's not the craziest thing that Jared Leto might be bisexual. You know what I mean? Sure. And I, I, he sexual went, fluidity. And you know how like I, you know, people be like, Hey, you know, I, I saw this celebrity and they're checking me out and you're kind of like, yeah, whatever. I, this was real because I didn't know it was him yeah. until well after, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it was happening. It really was a huge ego boost. <laughs> Yeah, hey, I and mean, I like him. Well, I think he's really like talented. Attention is attention, you know. I'm not gay, but I feel like I would sleep with him just for the story. That would be a good story. <laughs> yeah. it, that would boost your ego a lot. Yeah, so that was kind of that's that's an awkward story. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was it was interesting. Th- that made you kind of walk with better posture, probably for the rest of the day. Having Jerry, I just couldn't believe it. I was yeah. like. <laughs> My God, it's Jared Leto. <laughs> I like how enamored you are that he was checking you out that much. It's nice. Well, I mean, it, it's weird, it's though. You know what I mean? Camp. Like, yeah. uh, you were picked by Comedy Central as a up and coming, and also checked out by Jared Leto in yeah, Barnes yeah. and Noble. Yeah, that's a credit. I'm trying to think if that's ever happened with like a famous female celebrity. Not really. No, some girl who was in movies like like started poking me on. Um, People don't do that anymore. On face. This was years ago. Yeah, and you know who it was? Ago. It was a girl who who was married to Macaulay Culkin at one point. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I forgot her name, but she's an actress. Macaulay Culkin got married at like 17 to some oh. girl and for like a month, you know, because they were 17. Yeah. It was that girl. Okay. So I thought that, that, that was cool. 
Was that the girl that was in uh, the movie where he dies from the bee the bee sting? Was that it? Was that a movie? Is that my girl? Yes. I didn't see that. So yeah. isn't it amazing I know that? Yeah. Is, does he die from a bee sting? I think so. Oh. Spoiler oh, alert. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> like if you haven't seen My Girl by this point, like you just you're not going to see. You're probably not. Gonna no, see it's it. not her. It was um she was in the movie Bully. Did you ever see that? It was like no. this movie from like 2001 that like Larry Clark. I think her I think her name's Rachel Minor. Okay. Or yeah, and I just know that she was in Bully, and and then I looked her up, and she was married to Macaulay Culkin. They were like went to high school together or something. Um, so yeah, that was, and then some something else happened where some woman, oh, um, Rosario Dawson followed me on Twitter once. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. I got really excited because um, I had a joke on Twitter, and uh, Corin Nemec liked it. Corin Corky Nemec? Corin Nemec. I know who that is. Parker Lewis. Played Parker Lewis, and Parker Lewis can't lose on Fox. Yeah, yeah. And I was pretty flattered. Do most people not know that when you say who he is? I don't tell that story very often. I think I've told it, maybe counting this, two times. Right. Um, And both times, well, you knew who he was. So I'm at 50% where people actually know what I'm talking about. Um, For me, it mattered because I loved Parker Lewis growing up. I thought it was a great show. Yeah, it wasn't on that long, right? Maybe like two seasons. I think it was like two seasons. It didn't really catch on. It was random. And then he kind of like didn't... I don't think he was ever in anything again. He was, but he never really, you know, he was just kind of one of those guys that never caught on. Um, He was, I knew him from a movie that he had done when he was young, like a TV movie. Okay. Uh, That's how I remember him. Um, Because in Parker Lewis Can't Lose, you had Kubiak. Which was the Eat Now guy? He goes Eat Now, and then they put like a live fish in his mouth. Right, and then he was on ER years later. Right, and I only could see Kubiak whenever I see that guy in anything. Yeah, and he's probably a very good actor. But I'm always like Kubiak. It's funny. I just, the, do you know Royce to Five Nine is? He's a rapper. He raps with Eminem a lot. Um, okay. He he came out with a song with Eminem like four months ago, and he references Kubiak. Really? Yeah. He goes, "I'm a cross between Parker Lewis and Kubiak." What? Isn't that hilarious? That is hilarious. I was like, "Oh my god!" That's like a you know a kid growing. That's that's someone. I, I don't know how old you are, but I'm I'm, I'm forty five. Okay, then we're in the same. Uh, I'll, I'm thirty nine. Okay. But I feel like we're in the same TV reference world. Yeah. Within like 10 years. Definitely. Five years. Definitely counts. People um, in the nine. Uh, people I think I was a senior in high school when Parker Lewis was on. Um, and actually what happened was that came out the same year as 90210. And I feel like that kind of show yeah. like won out. Because Parker Lewis was good. It was just so weird. It was so random. And it broke all the, the rules of, of, of reality. Because it, 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 there was a lot of stuff about it that... Was almost uh, comic booky, where yeah, it was very like effecty. And, it was very over the top. Yeah. It was shot like in a weird way, yeah. and everything was like kind of absurd, almost. Yeah, it was very absurd. So nine hundred two one zero was, and it was so it was weird for like a teen show. I feel like it went over. So nine hundred two one zero was like an easier show for, oh, for teenagers. Like, yeah, uh, Brandon is so cool. I mean, I liked nine hundred two one zero, right? But Parker Lewis was more almost uh, it was a Ferris Bueller spinoff, basically or ripoff. Yeah, it was um, kind of. So it was kind of like that guy that can do anything, and he's in high school, and he's you know got the schemes and the stuff and the friends and the you know. Yeah. He's always got an angle. And do you remember actually that same year they came out with the Ferris Bueller TV show? Yeah, that failed immediately. Yeah, it was a horrible. Yeah. I think um, I think Jennifer Aniston was in it. Yeah, she played us. Uh, Simone? I think she might have played the sister. Oh, the sister. I thought she played the girlfriend. No, I don't think she did. Okay. I think she played... The Jennifer Grey? Jennifer yeah, Grey? the Jennifer yeah. Grey character, yeah. I think. She went to my high... I went to high school in Manhattan. She went there. She graduated. Jennifer Anderson? Yeah, she graduated right before I got there, though. Oh. Um, I met her once. Really? Did yeah. you say, hey, I went to the same high school as you? No, what happened was she wasn't famous yet. I... I I was with friends of mine from... I went to, like, LaGuardia. You know that school? No. It's, like, the performing arts school. So like, Oh, like fame? Yeah. So, like, famous people, like, go there. Like, Nicki Minaj went there. Okay. M- Michael Che went there. Um, and so I, w- I was with people from my class, and I think we had just graduated, and we were, like, at the South Street Seaport, and they were like, oh, that girl, that's Jen from... We went to high school with her. Because they were there when I wasn't there yeah. yet. And, um... 
we went over to talk to her and she was like, and she remembered them. She was like, Hey, she, I remember she was super nice to them. Huh? And what's really funny is she was like, Oh, I got to go. She's like, I'm on a first date with this guy. It's kind of weird. Like, I don't know. You know, I'm like kind of nervous about it. Yeah. Um, this is before friends, but I, I, I always think it's funny. It's like, I saw Jennifer was it before friends or also before leprechaun. I th- it was, was like in... 91. Okay. So what, when it, I think it was right before Leprechaun. Yeah, I think Leprechaun was like her first movie. It was a horror movie. It was terrible. I think she had just come from the set of Leprechaun okay, when probably. we saw her. Yeah. Uh, she was dressed in all green. <laughs> the Leprechaun was the evil demonic. She was like a screaming woman. Yeah. Like, she wasn't know. the Leprechaun. She was not the Leprechaun. Warwick the Davis. Right. Warwick Davis. Yeah. Willow. Yeah. Um. No, I knew she probably wasn't the left. Yeah, I, I never saw. I never saw any of those. They didn't look good. They're not good. They're bad. Um, so what do you have coming they up? They did you nine do, of them. You do your you do your podcast. You do your stand up comedy all the time. Um, and you're you're gonna you're gonna be published in Weekly Humorous this week. I am. Yeah. Oh, cool. You're gonna be a new writer this week. All right, sweet. Uh, um, you, uh, you wrote a hilarious article on basically mashup mashup movie movies. mashups. Yeah, very funny. Um, thank you. You're Thanks welcome. for posting it hey, no or uh, being about to post it. Uh, I'm doing some shows this week. I'm doing Broadway Comedy Club. I'm doing uh, the Anthony Camilla show. Do you know what? Do you know what that is? It's on uh, Compound Media. I'm doing that in like five days. I do that. Like he used to do. He used to do it with Artie Lang. Yes, I've I, seen it on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I don't I, think Artie's doing it anymore though. No, I don't know. I mean, I'm, yeah, someone told me he wasn't. Um, I'm doing that in like six days, and then uh, yeah, that's about. It. I'm just doing a bunch of shows. I'm kind of trying to get ready to. I want to record another album. I'm You're, sort of doing the and then also, work. Uh, you you had a movie come out called Adventures in Comedy. Yes, I did. And is that still available? It is. Uh, that when it first came out, um, Comedy Dynamics distributed it and right. they put it on. They they put it on everything except Netflix and Hulu is what they did the main push on. But I don't think it's on Hulu anymore. Uh, but it's on like Amazon, okay. iTunes, and actually like I think it might be playing at like a, another film festival, even though it came out a few years ago. Okay. Like came out. I mean, you know, like online basically, yeah. which is how a lot of movies come out now. Um, but because I know someone who works at a festival and they asked me about the movie mm-hmm. and they were like, you should. And I was like, I can't submit it because it was I finished it like three years ago. And they're yeah. like, no, this festival, they don't care. It doesn't matter when you finish. So I, they were like, you should you should try and put it out to even more festivals again because it got it was in one when it came out. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm going to try and like push it more again because someone was telling me that comedy now is becoming like stand-up is kind of more popular again it's about me as a stand-up comic right it's like a documentary following you right? like a fake documentary okay. it's like i kind of like it's supposed to be kind of like spinal tap but with stand-up comedy okay i mean i'm not comparing it to spinal tap because that's like my one of my favorite movies yes yeah. have you seen the spinal tap yeah of course um but and then there this person was telling me like a lot of movies so is it scripted I wrote a script. So it's like a docudrama. Docu-comedy drama. I feel like it's kind of like... I mean, there's some serious parts because it's following... I kind of compared it to like... It's done in like Curb Your Enthusiasm style okay. where I'm playing me, but it's like I'm I'm in situations that I've like are similar to things I went through in my comedy career, but okay. they're set up. So it's like a dramatization of your past in comedy yeah and okay. it's all the whole plot is that i'm getting ready to record an album and it's like my struggle and you have huge people in it yeah i got a lot of people and so i got interviews with comedians through to put throughout that kind of help the arc of it like jim gaffigan jim Janine gaffigan Janine, and then michael che i got right before he got on saturday night live um margaret cho aisha tyler ari shafir yeah a lot of big people a are lot of big people yeah, I think it's I think it's funny. Like a lot of people like like told me they liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's good. I will tell you that I like it when I when I watch it. Have you seen it? I haven't watched. It. Oh, when you okay, I will watch it now. Okay, that you've and tell you've me you like me. it. I will. I'm telling you in advance that I think it's great. Even if you don't like it, it's a fantastic movie. Um, Everybody listening should check out Adventures in Comedy on Amazon. 
Yeah, iTunes, iTunes, Roku, all that stuff. All those things. Um, Your connected devices. You yeah. can watch it. Adventures in comedy, and maybe on Netflix it won't. You know, I'm hoping if it gets a little traction from these festivals. Like, well, it seems like Netflix is like the next step for Netflix comedy is going to be like the five minutes. You know? I know, like oh, this guy just did a great ten minutes on right. Netflix special. It's like you can. It, Have you watched that? The fifteen watched, minute ones. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like the lineup and the stand ups and all that stuff. They're great. It's just like going to one of the shows that you are on every day right. in New York. So, I mean, for I'm sure someone who doesn't get to go to New York comedy clubs all the time, I'm sure it's great. Like, I think it's a fantastic. I mean, it's great that you get to go and experience kind of what a comedy club is, where you get to see these comics yeah. come up and do 15 minutes, do 20 minutes, or yeah. whatever. I did a show on Hulu that was kind of like that format in um, 2015, and it was the same. It was called Coming to the Stage. I think they still might do new comedy dynamics. Yeah. Also produced it, and um. I think my set is like 15 minutes and like I think all the, all the people who do they the episodes were only like two comedians. You know they had a bunch of episodes yeah. and so it would be a half hour and so um And then when you do a show like that do they buy that content from you and you you can't do that content anymore? Uh I think for like a certain amount of time. Okay. Like you signed a contract okay. but um yeah, that's actually a good question. <laughs> You're like, I guess I can't do. But my I'm a lawyer tomorrow. too, so like, I didn't know you were a lawyer. Yeah, I went to law school, um, so now I'm gonna have to use that. What do you little, specialize in? Intellectual property. Really? A little bit. Yeah, that's kind of what I studied, um, and I'm I'm working in that a little bit right now. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. You're so well rounded. I know. Tom McCaffrey. I grew up in Manhattan. You, you know? do it all. I feel like I had to go to law school growing, growing yeah. up in Manhattan. By, by default, you just became a lawyer. My dad was a lawyer. and uh, I feel like I always was like wanted to say I was a lawyer. Yeah. Like, I feel like it gets, you, it gets people off your back at like reunions. Yeah. Because like, com- you know, it's, it's actually a cooler thing to say because like... You don't, you're not more proud to be a comedian than you are to be a lawyer? I feel like saying you're a comedian sounds ridiculous. Like <laughs> at, at a certain age, people are just like, still? <laughs> Like, are you even allowed to do that anymore? <laughs> um, but I had a thing recently where, like, I got into a fight with a guy and I yelled at him that I was a lawyer. And that and sounded he, better than... He backed off? He yeah. kind of did. Yeah, yelling, I'm a comedian, <laughs> yeah. in, a, in, a, in a heated moment does not do anything. Right. Yeah. Like, this guy kind of, like, hit... He didn't really hit me. He accidentally, like, hit me yeah. in a shitty... Like, he was doing something, like, he was throwing something at me, and I was like... I was like, sir, you just assaulted me. I'm a lawyer. And he was like, oh, uh, I don't care. But I couldn't, if I was a kid, right. I couldn't be like, I'm a writer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write mean things about you on a piece of paper. Right. And right. everyone's going to know about it. Yeah. I'm going to blog about this. I guess that is powerful nowadays if you have a lot of people. Yeah. If people actually listen to what you actually yeah, to blog true. about, that's true. Backtrack on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fun. Um. Yeah. So. <laughs> people can follow you on we you do a lot of the instagramming and the i Twittering. do a little yeah my instagram is just at tom mccaffrey 722 and then uh, uh why 722 just to make it more complicated for everybody because the other tom mccaffrey was was taken i had to God add numbers it. um and i just kind of like put in number what does 722 mean nothing i just was like it's uh, not even seven. your birthday no people can't even remember your birthday by looking at your weird twitter handle no, I just I, the, the number se- seven. The number seven is my birthday. Uh, I was born on August seventh, but twenty two is just I. The, I just put two more numbers. I thought it might be easier to remember. Too well thought out. Um, and then you're on Instagram. Well, that is, and then Twitter. Uh, that is my Instagram. My okay. Twitter is just at Tom McCaffrey. Oh, okay. So you got that. I got on Twitter really fast, but okay. like I didn't do it for until it became popular. Someone had told me about it. And I was like, "All right, and um, better get my name, and then sit on it." I didn't think anyone was going to be into it. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's you know when I heard about, it, I was like, "What is this?" That's how I am with Snapchat. I just I'm waiting for it to fail so I never have to start one. Yeah, I can't get it. I feel like Snapchat I'm, I, is not for no, me. It's not it's for, for me. kids. It's for kids. So I just have the Instagram and I have the Twitter and I'm I'm on Facebook, but no one uses Facebook anymore. Do they not? Is it I don't not? know. I mean, I just use it to kind of like I put things out there. I don't. I feel like people don't use it. I like Instagram personally. I feel like that's becoming 
the thing, kind of, right? I think it's just it's e- people just like pictures. Yeah, I mean, you that's know? where we are now, not like reading people things. Like reading. And people put these like, anno- I mean, Facebook is so annoying, and yeah. I've been annoyed with it for years. I just, people with these long posts that yeah. are like, come on, I don't care. I don't read any of that stuff. You know, like things like, you know, 10 years ago, I moved to yeah. Brooklyn. And I, you know, like people write the thing like, and I only had $38 in my pocket. And I'm like, that's so weird. I've never, it's so rare that I know how much money I have in my pocket. Yeah. You know, I know when I have no money. Right. Like zero money. I know when I have zero money. But the fact that it's always such a weird number, yeah. I had $130 in my pocket. I'm like, really? Like, why did you move to Brooklyn? That's not enough money. Not enough money. <laughs> uh, that's said by someone who obviously <laughs> grew up in Manhattan. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, it's just like if I had $130 in my pocket, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to Brooklyn. I'd be like, yeah, I'm not ready to go there yet. You're like, I could just ask my sisters for some. Right, right. <laughs> I'm just going to stay in this apartment in Manhattan. I'm just going to go live in my sister's house. Oh, older sisters, they're the best. I know, thank God. It's kind of a, it's kind of shitty though too, because like they're like really successful. So yeah. the little bit of it is like, uh, fuck. but I mean, I feel like I get away with like you being... don't have to be successful. You have older sisters who are successful, right? And I was always the one doing like creative things, right. and yeah, I didn't have a clock of like I have to have kids, right? Um, so it's good and bad because I mean, it, I'm like not young, but like they treat me like I'm like twelve, right. yeah. So you have the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I I don't have the clock and I don't have the expectation, and I get to be the fun one because they did all the serious stuff, right? With with you know responsibilities, right? And I'm the rapper, careers. <laughs> yeah, you're the rapper. <laughs> but also now, so but now I I almost feel like I did the law thing so I could just not be just the rapper. Like, yeah. Oh well, and and I when I was in law school, there was a lot of like more helping me because yeah. I was doing something like hard. Yeah. And it is funny. I can feel like the attitude shift when I was like in law school and like being graduating from like being a lawyer. People are like, oh my God, really? Yeah. Like, wow, that is great. Like more respect. And that of. all kind of went away when you started doing more comedy. Yeah. But I mean, I'm working in it like a, I'm still, I'm, I'm working in it a little now and I okay. think I'm going to keep doing it. But it more, I, I feel like I'm, I did it m- Mainly to just be able to have a skill, yeah. Older, where yeah. people like would give me money. You know what I mean? Well, it's. I mean, and you can always kind of be a lawyer. You could be a. You know, you could do it at at your at your leisure if you right. want. You could just kind of be like, well, I have this skill, and I am, you know, I am uh, certified, or you, right. you have to re up the bar or whatever yeah. every couple of years or whatever. So you just have to, but it, it's like something that people need. You yeah. Know? yeah, like. Someone's like, I I need this. Right. I need someone with specialized knowledge in this very specific thing. Right. Comedy. No one's like, I I need you to like talk about your testicles. <laughs> <laughs> it's just something you want to do. Right. Right. I want to get up on stage and talk about my testicles. You could try going up on stage and talking about law stuff and see how that goes. Yeah, I haven't really ha- had any funny. No, no, no great intellectual property jokes. I did write a book about me going to law school because I went older. So what was that called? I it's not. I, I'm like kind of like fin- in the process of finishing it. Oh, it hasn't been published yet. No, no, it hasn't been published. I'm still like. Is it gonna get published? I don't. I'm trying to like do that. What's now. the working title? Do you really want to know? It's called Do You Really Want to Know? No, that no. title is terrible. No, I'll change it. Um, Flightless Birds is the title I have right now. Okay. That has something to do with things that happened in it. Like chickens or chickens flightless birds? I think so, yeah. yeah. There's certain birds that don't, that yeah. like lost their ability to fly over like. And evolve. now we just eat them. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of, I talk about that in that because it's like. Um, like what it is is like it's not specifically about law school. Like I'm in law school in the book, yeah. And it's not a memoir. It's based on my experiences, but it's like a, a novel. So there is a main character based on you that's not you. Yes. So he's just like the better version of you. Probably a little worse version. But it's someone that Jared Leto would really be staring at. Yeah. Okay. The main character's name is is um. Jordan Catalano. Okay. Do you know who that is? No. Oh, it was Jared Leto's character oh. in my so-called <laughs> life. Um, you've got you've got a fascination with this guy, I think. No, I really I um You have a bit of a crush. It's okay. He's a good looking man. No, no, he likes me. Yeah. He's got those eyes. 
right? He does have eyes, like, yeah. But like, they're like eyes. It's he's also like, like he's, he's. It's almost like he has eyeliner on, but I don't think he actually does. They I think he does a lot. Like does he have? Well, eyeliner? when he got into his rock star phase, I think that's when he started doing the more androgynous thing. Mm. Um, you know what's amazing? He's like fifty years old. He looks like unbelievable. No, he's not. Yeah, he, he's older than me. Really? Yeah. I did not know. He that. looks unbelievable. I thought he was like thirties. I know he looks really young. He does. I remember when I saw he was older than me. I was like, "Wow, really?" Um, but what was I? Oh, so like, yeah, the book at like Bukowski would do that. Like okay. he would write books that are kind of based on him, but they're not him. So you can. I feel like it's good. You can kind of get away with more. You know, yeah. like things that didn't really. Yeah. Like the Nanny Diaries. Did you ever read that? They kind of no. did that. It was based on them being nanny. It was right. two women, and they made it one character, uh, and it was like kind of autobiographical. Is your character not... also going to be a stand-up comedian? Yes. Okay. I'm like I I wrote it, but I'm like going through. I, I'm I actually need to find an editor now. Yes. Like just for spell check. That and just you know, it, it need I need like a fresh pair of eyes. You know what I mean? It's tough uh, reading stuff. And, it is. And deciding if it's good or not. It's easier just to be like, this is all terrible. Do it, it again. <laughs> right? It's it's so hard to take something and tell someone how to improve it. You know? It's easier to say, I don't like this. I'm not going to accept it. But it's so much harder to say, this has a good idea, but I need you to rewrite the entire thing so that it's good. Have you, know? you ever written a book? No. Oh, no. okay. My, I, I, I always want to. I like reading murder mysteries. So I okay. want to I want to write a murder mystery that where the prota- or the protagonist where yeah. the the protagonist is someone sort of like me, but I'm only making it based off of someone like me just because it seems easier to write a book where you're the protagonist because I know me, I don't know another person, so it's easier to make me the main character just because right. I have a lot of knowledge in that one topic. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what a lot of people have to draw I think from. That, I think a lot of people do that. So. I, I wanted to do like a murder mystery. I really like silly. Mur- I, I grew up reading like Agatha Christie type stuff, and watching Murder She Wrote. Oh, really? A lot of Murder She Wrote. You're and, into that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, my mom's a big reader. My whole family's a bunch of readers. So, like, um, I, we always kind of she gives me books, and I all recommend books, and we read. Are you reading books. anything now? Yeah, right now I'm reading um, uh, the new Dan Brown origin book. Okay, it's. So easy. Did to he read. read? Did he write? Um, what's his big one? The uh, Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. And then uh, I'm reading something for my book club that's like uh, 1,300 pages, and I'm never going to oh, finish man. it in time. But reading like a damn, I, it's like a beach read. So it's right, like reading right. books that you can just like, you can consume a 300 page book in like two days. I like reading you know? short books. It's like watching uh, a movie. Some of these books, right. it's like they read like you're just watching a movie. So yeah, it's almost like they're writing them to be a movie, yeah. basically. basically. I could, I understand. Plays. I'm actually yeah. reading The Shining right now. Oh, how's that? It's good. I read it like 20 years ago, um, but I feel like I'm. I think I'm remembering when I read it young. I just skipped to like the scary parts that I knew from the movie because yeah. there's a lot of setup in it. Like it's a lot of like nothing happening for yeah. a long time. And yeah. I, I really like that movie, and I'm kind of fascinated the like the differences. Is this just a, with the adaptation? They cut a lot of stuff out. Yeah, they they, they he, he changed it a lot, Kubrick. Which I mean, he had to because it wouldn't be. They they even made Stephen King later made like a TV movie that's more yeah um, loyal to the book, and it's horrible. Yeah, and it's. I, I don't know who said this, but I guess Kubrick understood. You you know, there it's different mediums, you know, film oh, and and a book. Like, and he was like, I can't just. That's why most books, when they make them in the movies, are terrible because they try to just make the book. And it, he was like, I can't. I'm not going to do that. He yeah. I I I, read, I saw an interview with him where he said that he really liked the book, but he like sat down with a screenwriter and they like tried to take the elements that they really liked from it. Yeah, and just incorporate that. Um, so they're both really good on their own. Yeah. Differently. So, uh, and I'm just, re- I, you know, I don't know. I'm just reading. It was like, it, I was visiting my sister and it was, it was on their table yeah. and I was like, oh, you know, this seems easy. So it's kind of an easy book. Is it long? It is long. Yeah. It's like 700 pages. That's long. Yeah. And like 300 pages, nothing really, ha- like it doesn't even get going. And it's like, yeah, you, you have to carry that around. Yeah, but I, you know, I, you know, it's weird. I think, um, 
I, I like reading helps me pass the time. You know what I mean? Like it keeps me off of like social media and stuff now. Well, that's good. Yeah. Like, so I feel like I'm trying to find any like positive distraction. That's good. Yeah. It's better than like <laughs> looking at porn or something. Is it? No. <laughs> Depends on what you're reading. Um, so last exit to Brooklyn. Yes. Is your podcast. Yeah. Adventures in Comedy is your movie. Uh-huh. Uh, you're up at, uh, what's your most recent show that you, you want to tell people to go go to? Uh, I, I think I'm doing Broadway on um, Saturday, and I'm doing one on Friday, but I don't, at this place, the Black Cat, down in the village, but people should go to Broadway. It's probably better. Okay. And do you have a website? Um, I don't have a website anywhere, but I... I you can go to my like Facebook and Twitter and stuff. I got rid of my website because I just felt like there were so many other things. Too many things. There's something on on Vimeo that I have a bunch of videos Tom on. Tom doesn't have time for all this bullshit website stuff. That's the closest thing I have to a website, the Vimeo site. Okay. Tom McCaffrey of Vimeo. Tom McCaffrey video. You can watch all of his videos. And maybe he's on still on Hulu. Yeah. Well, I think I'm on Hulu with um the... Uh, the coming to the stage TV show that they did. Okay. So check that out. I was just watching that. Well, check it all out. Tom McCaffrey, thanks for being on Talkward. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm Marty Dundix, editor-in-chief of Weekly Humorist Magazine. Check us out at weeklyhumorist.com. Um, check out the next uh, Guaranteed Delivery Comedy Show, which is going to be at the Mailroom on October 3rd. Uh, it is sponsored by Swill. The alcohol liquor store in your pocket. Go to getschool.com and use code 25 for $5 off your first order. Um, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>